Well, thank you, choir, and thank you, Daryl, for setting the context for our message today. We're continuing in our looking at chapter 5 of the book of Romans, and you've been in Romans a number of weeks, and we come to what I call one of the pivotal texts in this series, particularly this text, which many would see as the most theologically important text perhaps in all the Bible. These verses are a context which have been introduced by Paul. He'll continue in chapter 6 through 8. It was the commentator Martin Lloyd-Jones who said the whole story of the human race can be summed up in terms of what happened because of Adam and what has and will happen because of Jesus Christ. This passage is so important. And so we come to Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned, sin was indeed in the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one who is to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift and the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If because of the one man's trespass, death exercise dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as by the one man disobedience, the many were made sinners, So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. But law came in with the result that the trespass multiplied, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that just as sin exercised dominion in death, so grace might also exercise dominion through justification, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as you've heard that text read, I think you can see that this is a thick text. And there is much that could be said. And what I want to do today is sort of take a look at the human predicament, the divine solution, and then see what God has to say to us. Now, what is the human predicament? The human predicament is this, the universality of sin, original sin, the legacy of sin. Now, some of you might say, well, how can I be declared guilty because of something Adam did? That's not fair. You ever felt that way? What is this original sin thing? I mean, but let me ask you, those of you who are parents, did you have to teach your kids to be bad? Did you have to teach them to say mine or did you have to teach them to share? You see, even in children, there is that taint. As we read our text today, we might say, 
Well, if I was there, I wouldn't have done what Adam and Eve did. Really? If you were offered that choice, what would you do? The reality is we would choose just as they did. And so the reality is that all of us are born with this tendency, with this trait, with this legacy of sin. Our grandson, when, last year when he was six, got in a little incident and kind of lost his cool. And he said these words, I wish Adam and Eve had not made a bad decision. Now this is a six-year-old. Now he's beginning to understand. You see, he made the bad decision, but he realizes that it comes deeper than just him. Human freedom. This text is such an important one. And I know we have trouble with this whole thing of assigning guilt. But I was thinking, if any of you watched the football game last week and the Super Bowl, did you notice that when there was a penalty, who got penalized? The whole team. The whole team. Now, if you've been watching Olympics, you realize the rules are different in all sports, and I'll just stick with football on that one. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting to me that we have a little trouble sometimes understanding this whole thing of representation, identification. But that's such a key to this text. You see, for the Jews, they really understood family and clan and nation. And so when you talk about the one man, when you talk about Adam, when you talk about Moses, they understood representation. We have a little more trouble with that. Now, if you're watching the Olympics, you can say, you know, I'm an American and so we can root for the U.S. And those of you who are sports teams, if you've been to USC or UCLA, you all understand what it is to root for your team. Or if you're a Dodger fan or a Lakers fan. And what do you say when they win? We won. We won. Not just they won, but we won. I'm a part of that. I'm identified. I'm a part of a team. And so too here, we understand there are two lines, two family lines. The line of Adam, which you have no choice, you're a part of. And the line of Christ, where you have a choice to join, to become children of God. And so it's important as we look at this text that Paul wants us to understand human freedom. All have sinned, you saw in chapter 3, and miss the mark and fall short of the glory of God. All miss the mark. When I was a pastor in Malibu, I used to like to say, I'm going to challenge you today, following worship, I want you to go down to the ocean and swim to Catalina. <laughs> the reality is, some might make it 50 yards and drown. Some might make it 5 miles. Some might even make it 10 miles. But the reality is, if you don't make it all the way, you drown. Missing the mark. If you watched the Olympics, you saw the, what is it, the biathlon, where they do the skiing, and then they get down and shoot. And if you miss, and they'll show you, they missed it by that much. You're still penalized. You missed the mark. You miss the mark. And that's what sin is. Missing the mark. Not holding true to all that God has called for us. And so we have the universality of sin. But then we also have the universality of death. Death spread to all. Now this is a doctrine on our behalf. It's the reminder of the solidarity of all people. 
No one is superior to another. We've seen this with COVID, haven't we? It doesn't matter your economic class. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter. Sex doesn't matter your age. I mean, I heard, read the day that even the Queen of England now has COVID. I mean, it does not distinguish. It doesn't say you're an important person. I'll skip you. Death is something that occur for all of us. No one is excluded. By the same thing, it's that reality that death is an enemy. And I think particularly those of us who are getting older uh, are experiencing more of that. Nancy and I just, I went back and counted. The last six months, we've had 10 friends die. None from COVID. Just age-related issues. And those of us, as we get into our 70s and head into our 80s, begin to realize that death is also coming for us. And we have to ask that question, as the psalmist said, teach me to number my days that I may apply them to wisdom. Universality of death. And so the human predicament is not a very pleasant picture. And as you've read those opening chapters of Romans, it seems like Paul just keeps hammering this in, doesn't he? Sin and death, sin and death. The wages of sin is death. Total need for which the only hope is total help. And that hope comes through Christ. What is the divine solution? The legacy of grace. The contrast in this text between the gift and the trespass, the free gift. We saw this last week in chapter 1, 5, verses 1 through 11. The gift of salvation, of reconciliation, of peace with God. The gift of hope and love and joy. God's gift in Jesus Christ is all surpassing. Grace, God's unmerited favor. Grace, we don't earn. Grace bestowed upon us. Paul talks about the gift of the grace of God, the abundance of the grace, the reign of grace. The more sin abounded, the more grace abounded. There's plenty of grace. Justification. Paul talks here about justified by faith. How? Through the death of Christ on the cross. Our sins are atoned for, justified by the blood of Christ, saved by Christ's life. As Chris Tomlin wrote, when your love ran red and my sins washed white. The blood of Christ, which transforms us and changes us. Now note, as you read this text, that this grace comes for those who will receive the abundance of grace. For those who will receive. This is echoes of John chapter 1 verse 12. But to all who received him, who believed in Christ's name, God gave power to become children of God. Now you often hear people say, well, we're all children of God. I would correct you. We're all creations of God. We're all creations of God. But it's a choice to become a child of God. To enter in relationship with Jesus Christ is... Jesus said he came to his own and his own did not receive him. But to all who received him, he gave the power to become children of God, children of God. And what is the result of becoming a child of God? The reign of sin, which leads to death, is not for us. Rather, it's the reign of grace, which leads to eternal life, not just in the future, but now. As Jesus would say in John 10:10, I have come to give you life. And give it to you in abundance. 
Now, I've put together a chart which I think may help us understand what we've been seeing here. Paul is not merely exposing a distinction. He's calling us to a decision, two family lines, and a deep contrast. Adam brings sin and death. Christ brings grace and the free gift of eternal life. Adam brings judgment and condemnation. Christ brings free gift of justification. The result of sin under Adam is death. The result of Christ's choice is life, eternal life. You see, the first Adam is condemnation for everyone, whereas second Adam is justification, which is available to everyone. All made sinners, many made righteous. Sin reigns in death. Grace reigns through righteousness to bring eternal life. One is the way of disobedience. One is the way of obedience. Now, in the first Adam, we're all connected. In Christ, our connection to Jesus Christ is our choice. Sin is a deep rupture between who we are and who God created us to be. But because of Jesus Christ, we can trade judgment for righteousness. Jesus offers us the opportunity to be born into God's spiritual family, the family line that begins with confession and forgiveness and leads to eternal life. You see, this morning, the question that Paul is placing before us is this. Which family line have you chosen? If you've never chosen Jesus Christ and chosen life, why not today? And if you have chosen Christ, I encourage you, reflect this week on the implications of this passage for our lives. You might take a time of prayer and just thank the triune God for his gifts of grace, for his gift of eternal life. It's a choir saying, love so amazing, so divine. Demands my life, my soul, my all. Ed and the worship team have a musical response today that will guide our thoughts. And I encourage you to use this time to continue our reflection with the words of Chris Tomlin's song, At the Cross. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide where all the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down. There's a place where sin and shame are powerless, where my heart has peace with God and forgiveness, where all the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in awe of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. Jesus.